Hey guys, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually didn't, but I'm handling it, and one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others on how they're handling their own lives. So if you follow us on Instagram at Handling It Podcast, then you know we have a new series that will be taking place over the next few weeks called The Women of Film and Television. With everyone in quarantine over the past few months, many are consuming a ton of film and TV. I know I am. Having worked in television production and even studying film history and theories in the past, I thought it would be fun to highlight the talented women that work in this industry. Now, with this series, I'm going to be speaking with actors, directors, writers, and producers, so it's my hope that these conversations will allow you to see all of the different aspects and individuals involved in a production. Our first guest of the series is Bria Simone Henderson, an actor who just had a breakout role in the FX original series, Mrs. America which is airing exclusively on Hulu. I'll explain the premise of the show later on when I talk with Bria, but as a whole, the miniseries looks at the movement to ratify the Equal Rights Amendment in the 1970s and shows the real-life women who fought for women's rights and equality during this time, as well as those like conservative woman Phyllis Schlafly who opposed the movement. Bria plays the role of Margaret Sloan, and she'll be discussing with us who Margaret was and her role within the movement. I'm so excited for you all to hear and learn from Bria and her journey on the show and with acting in general. So get comfortable, turn up the volume, and I hope you enjoy. Well, all right. Today we're joined by Bria Simone Henderson. Bria, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. <laughs> well, for those who don't know, you are one of the many talented women starring in the new FX limited series, Mrs. America, which is now airing on Hulu. And the show revolves around the movement to ratify the Equal Rights Amendment, the ERA, in the 1970s. And it tells the story of the high-profiled conservative woman, Phyllis Schlafly, played by Kate Blanchett, and her opposition to the ERA and its supporters like Gloria Steinem, played by Rose Byrne. And then the show also stars Uza Aduba, Tracy Ullman, Elizabeth Banks, Sarah Paulson, Nisi Nash, to name a few. (laughs) It's got such an incredible cast. Um, And Bria, you play Margaret Sloan, who was one of the early editors of Ms. Magazine. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Um, Yeah. So yeah, for those who who don't know, um, because I had no idea who Margaret Sloan was. And now I want to, you know, read as much as I can about her, because what an amazing Mm -hmm. story. Would you mind telling us a little bit about her and her life and accomplishments? Yes. Um, So Margaret Sloan um, was a civil rights activist activist, a um, feminist, um, an out lesbian, um, and a mother um, during this this amazing, like, huge political moment. That's all of the titles of who she was. Um, she was an activist, I believe, when she came out the womb. Because when you look look mm-hmm. up her information, look up some of her accomplishments, she marched with, like, Martin Luther King at the age of 14. Wow. She was helping with, like, housing for minorities. She was a part of different um, activist movements and groups at a young age, and then went off to school to uh, to study more about, I believe, like what the women's movement and uh, liberation. And then she went on to be an amazing writer, one of the early uh, writers and one of the early black voices at mm-hmm. Ms. Magazine um, so, uh, that was led by Gloria Steinem. 
And then she traveled a lot with Gloria Steinem to speak on sexism and racism and the politics of the woman's body. Um, mm -hmm. But she was also, just as much as she was heavily into the civil rights movement and the feminist movement, she was also the one of the faces of the National Black Feminist Organization, as well as one of the founders with um, Florence Kennedy. So mm -hmm. she did a lot of things and she did a lot, like, a lot, has like a lot of accomplishments, but she's so unsung. There's not that much information about her um, on the internet. And it took me a while to find just like, you know, recordings of her voice or like a recording of like an interview she did. But there's so uh, much other like material that you just can't find on her. So mm -hmm. it was great like trying to like dig and be like Inspector Gadget, you know, finding things on this right. woman who is so unsung. But that's just a little bit of who she was. I mean, she was also a prolific poet. Um, beautiful poetry, beautiful writing about her life and just the truth and just a lot of gut in, in her mm -hmm. words. And that's that's how she moved in the world. And she's such an inspiration to me. Like learning about her, I was like, wow, she's a bad woman, you know? <laughs> yeah. So. Well, that's it's so amazing because, I mean when I hear the Equal Rights Amendment and the Women's Liberation Movement, you know, I really do think, I think the first name that comes to everybody's mind is Gloria Steinem. What a right. hero, of course. But there's also mm -hmm. so many other women and so many other voices that were behind that movement. And I'm, yes. I'm so glad that this show includes all that because it was a learning lesson for me even. I think for everyone, honestly, I think for everyone, I'm not sure. I know people who have maybe lived during that time. Yeah, they remember some of those moments, but I don't think they actually really honed in on the the, the women, the individual women who are a part of the building blocks of this huge women, women's liberation uh, movement, as mm -hmm. well as who was on the, you know, the anti uh, ER right. side of it, you know, the Phyllis Schlafly's and those, those women who were pushing for that. A lot of the, all a lot, a lot of them just become, you know, unsung and just kind of swept under the rug and not really known and not given a chance to just have a voice and just to get an acknowledgement, which is crazy because these sure. women made huge strides, mm -hmm. like huge strides, and they were radical. You know, that's where the whole term radical feminist comes from because mm -hmm. it was during a time that was way more dangerous for a woman and then even a woman of color um, to be outspoken and to speak on her sex and her mm -hmm. blackness and her sexuality all at the same time and not sacrifice any parts of her to fit in certain spaces because that's what was asked of them constantly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I'm glad you brought that up because without giving too much away into the plot of the show, I think yeah. it's really important that stories like Margaret's are told because, you know, as we learn about her character and throughout the course of the show, the ERA is a huge umbrella and it represents like so many issues under it that women are facing at the time. And one of those I think is representation and inclusion for women of color. And again, yeah. without giving too much away, but you, you sort of see that a little bit with Margaret's character. Um, if you want to talk about maybe the significance there. Um, yes. Yeah, so, uh, Margaret, uh, she is the face of like intersectionality. And that's one mm -hmm. thing I love about her. Um, when she had to navigate the civil rights spaces that, you know, were solely led by black men. And mm -hmm. then on, in, in the feminist spaces, that's, I think that's where <clears throat> the term white feminism came from because mm -hmm. during these feminist movements, especially in the seventies, it was led by white, a lot of white women. You can see it in the show, you know, oh, sure. they're the face of this movement for women, but they are not 
when you look at them across the board, they don't represent all women. They're not mm -hmm. representing women of color. They're not, uh, you know, representing women of a certain sexuality. And so mm -hmm. Margaret is one of those women. You know, she's a, a black woman. Um, so she was a part of the civil rights movement. But I'm, I, I'm pretty sure there was times when she felt unseen and unheard. Um, and like her voice and her issues and problems were not important enough to move the black agenda. And during that time, the black agenda was really just to push um, the black man's freedom. Mm -hmm. And then you had spaces with black women. And you see that a little bit in, in the series and even in those spaces, you know, how she had to navigate. Uh, yes, she's a black woman. So that's how she fits in. And that's the story that we all share. But she's also a lesbian and she mm -hmm. doesn't shy away from being who all of who she is. And so and how in those spaces, when it came to the black women's liberation and the black woman's agenda, the lesbian issue was always put in the back because that would have affect that that could have damaged how far they could go in their mm -hmm. movement. And then with the white feminist movement or, or just the feminist movement, um, her blackness and her sexuality was just too much to also put at the forefront of their issues because there was an agenda and the agenda was like us white women need to be, you know, get into these mm -hmm. rooms and have this voice and we can pull you in later, but support us anyways. So I think she felt that from all these different spaces and from all these different sides, people that she connected with on just one thing, but who was, who did she connect with on all three of the things that she was a black, a mm -hmm. uh, black woman, a, a black person, a, a woman, and a lesbian all in one. And so when it comes to intersectionality, it's great that the show showed it, you know, in, in, this, in the scenes that, you know, I was able to play in to kind of really bring that to the forefront. Like, that was also a part of the movement. You don't really hear mm -hmm. much about it, but how women like Margaret had to navigate. And so I think from that is how she became, like, how she decided to make this organization for women like her, for her space, to find her people, um, because she just refused to give up parts of herself to push an agenda that didn't even have her name on it, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. I know. It's, yeah. it's such an interesting perspective to show, because even though this is a very progressive movement for its time, there's still a majority and a minority within it. And I think to include her story and show, like you said, she's a woman, yeah. she is a lesbian and like a mother and civil rights activist. Like there's so many layers to her character. So I think it's so, so great that they included all of that. Yes. And it's, it's smart. And uh, I'm glad that they gave space and voice to that because it's all a part of it. And it's just as important. Um, and hopefully this inspires someone to even go deeper into those sides that you see. Mm -hmm. um, a little bit in the show. Yeah, sure. And now one of the great things about this show and also <laughs> sort of scary in a way is that this movement didn't happen all that long ago. You know, I mean, it's like yes. not even 50 years ago, it which is it was crazy. About 50, about 50 some odd years ago. Yeah. It's actually ridiculous. It's wild. And I mean, it really does too, I think, resonate with women today. And I'm not sure if you felt the same, but like I certainly did watching it. Uh, yeah. I mean, like every, when I, every time I read the script, I, I was, I always had to just remind myself that this was in the night in the seventies and mm -hmm. not 2019 because 
some of the same, most of the same conversations that these women are having in the debate scenes, just when they're talking to men, when they're talking about the issues that they're trying to put in the forefront, we are still dealing with and still having to talk about and still having to bring voice to and still having to discuss and still having to debate and still having to have panel discussions on mm-hmm. just as hard and vigorous as these women in the 70s were. So you, it really shows like it's a huge, it's a, I believe this show, Mrs. America, is a mirror um, for a lot of people and it's not going to be the prettiest mirror. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's given to us with amazing performances by amazing artists, but it's a mirror to the truth of of our political climate, especially when it comes to women's freedom. And um, women's freedom is really just humans free, a a human, you know, human rights. And so Mm -hmm. I I think it's really going to be one of those moments that people are just going to have to really think deep within themselves and 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 see themselves in, in, in not the best light because it's 50 years ago and we're still Mm -hmm. having the same uh, struggles, you know, even when it comes to abortion issues, uh, just Mm -hmm. women's equality, equal pay. So, so much um, diversity pay, pay for uh, women of color. It it goes down the line, healthcare. uh, Mm -hmm. It's, it's a lot. And so it's, it was jarring. I mean, of course, it was like exciting to tell this story, but it was also like, wait, this is 1970 and not, 2019 and that's the crazy thing and it's also the disheartening thing too Mm -hmm. and yeah I think for me too it was like you said like such a mirror of what's going on now but also like such I took such pride in like watching all that these women did you know and just so like thankful for what they did because like we said you know not that long ago we really didn't have a ton of rights (laughs) no no not at all I mean we we couldn't even have our own credit card. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. think about that. That's crazy. That's insane. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> and we had to fight to have our own credit card. Right. It's, yeah, yeah, I don't think we take it's, that. It puts a lot of things in perspective. It's, it's actually ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it really, really is. I also just watched over the weekend, I was watching the Ruth Bader Ginsburg documentary, RBG. Mm, Um, That's, wow, that brought up a lot of stuff too going on at this time as well. And it just shows like we, sometimes it doesn't feel like we've come a long way, but in a a way we have, (laughs) in a way we have. It's just, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's always just insane. Like every time I watch a, a, another episode, I'm just like, we're still having this problem. Like, yeah. This <laughs> yeah. Turn on the news and it's, it's not that different. <laughs> right. 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 Well, one thing along with the time period, you know, I'm such a fan of period pieces and I love mm. stuff that's set in the seventies because I love the colors. Yeah. I love the music. I love the costuming in this show. And I'm so curious to know, like, how was it getting to wear and embody that 70s era style? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think anyone's <laughs> asked me that yet. Um, that's a fun question. So I got to work with this amazing costume designer, Bina. Um, she was just so, so much fun. Um, so flying to Toronto to try on clothes was always fun. And just being a plus size woman, you know, and, and also an actor, I've been into, I've been, in costume rooms. I've done a lot mm-hmm. of fittings. Um, and I've always had an experience that I don't think was as pleasing and pleasant. Um, because right. a lot of times, you know, it, it doesn't become that the clothes are the problem, but your body is. Mm-hmm. And it should be the other way around. If the clothes don't look right on you, you're not the problem. It's the clothes. Find mm-hmm. better clothes, you know? Um, 
And so I think Bina was one of the few costume designers that I actually worked with, um, besides some that I worked with in grad school who were also amazing. Uh, Bina, she made, she did not make me feel like my body was a problem. Um, she, and it was the first time actually, you know, having professional, like being on a professional show and project, having clothes built for me. A lot of those clothes were built and, and wow, tailor made awesome. for me and, and the, and the way and the silhouette we were going with for Margaret. Um, cause Margaret, you know, was a bigger woman. And so it was just fun. Like I get to wear this really cool mushroom belt that was made for me. And it was just like, cool. Like every time I went to the costume shop, I got to see them like building the mushroom belt and they would just show me like, you know, the, uh, the progress that they, <laughs> they were just, like mm-hmm. the progress they had with it. And like building the pants I had, they made so many pants for me. I don't even think I got to wear all the pants <laughs> they made, but they made so many great bell bottom pants. And I wish I could have taken them home. Um, <laughs> And just the wig, uh, Morgan and Morgan, amazing hair uh, designer um, uh, in her craft. Like mm-hmm. she, the wig is was like just a favorite. It's a staple of Margaret, and so it was definitely a staple for me to wear. Um, and every time they put it on, I was like, "There's Margaret." <laughs> and tonight, <laughs> um, that was always fun to wear. And my favorite, I think, my favorite piece besides the mushroom belt um, was the glasses. Those yes. like lightly blue tinted glasses that Margaret would wear. They was just so iconic. Like, so, like <laughs> so fashionable. I wish I could have took them home too. Right. But it was fun wearing the clothes and you know moving your body in those clothes and like really feeling the vibe of that time mm-hmm. and kind of like just transporting your mind and spirit back to that world and not only costume, but getting on set and seeing how the set designers and the set artists completely just transform like a sound stage or just a, like a location. So you didn't feel like you were in 2019. We filmed it last year. So you don't feel like you're in present day. You feel like you're back there. Right. It's like, it's undeniable. Like the art, the art, the behind the scenes art, they, the team really killed it. They did it and they did it very well. And then to see, um, how they shot it it's just ridiculous it's like yo this is so good yeah it's such the 70s to me are like such a fun decade like Oh my goodness. I love it. And like, I feel you there. I'm, I'm tall. I'm like curvy. So like palazzo pants, bell bottom pants, like wavy everything. Bell bottom pants are our friend. Okay. Yes. (laughs) It just makes life better. Yeah. Like stylish and cool. Like I, because of the show, like I'm, I have put in my mind that I will be purchasing some really cool bell bottom jeans for the summer because I just want to rock them because like and they're coming back in style yeah like why not they're coming back in style I think and and now style is not even about trends anymore it's literally just about what you make it so right but yeah it's definitely coming back in style and that's also why I'm like okay I'm definitely gonna get some and rock them because they're (laughs) so cute (laughs) fantastic most definitely I know I had to ask because like oh such fun costumes oh the jewelry oh my gosh that was so much fun to play with the rings (laughs) I used to I would have to wear this mood ring that was always really cool like uh pieces that I missed that I wish I was like hey can I what are you doing with that just yeah you're every day (laughs) right nice well and then I also want to ask because as I had mentioned earlier this show is such an all-star cast I mean I'm personally such a fan of Elizabeth Banks and Kate Blanchett and then John Slatery is in it he's fantastic Niecy Nash incredible um you got to work alongside Rose Byrne and Niecy Nash in a couple scenes uh how was it working alongside such a talented cast in general um, unreal. <laughs> like I keep saying, like this is unreal. Like even when I watched the show, like 
I every time I see myself, I'm just like, is that was did that really happen? You know? <laughs> um, it's I am really living the dream. This is my first TV role ever. Um, I graduated grad school 2018, booked this like literally a year from gra- uh, graduating. That's incredible. So it's Congratulations. Really a blessing from God. It's just God's <laughs> confirmation that I'm on the right path. But it's a dream come true. It's unreal. Like when I was on, Rose was so sweet, so nice, so easy to work with. Like the scenes were so easy to do. And I think people really feel the, the tension and the world between Gloria and Margaret because it was just easy to play with her. Mm-hmm. And Nisi, I was only able to do one scene with her, but she is so much fun. And oh, she yeah. is all energy. <laughs> and she, comes in she shows up and she shows out and that's what I always say like just watching her in that brief moment in time she gets the job done and she brings energy and so she changes the room you know Mm -hmm. you kind of want to like rise to her energy like okay cool I'm with you you know oh definitely Um, a dream come true but I also got to be at the table read with like uh, Kate Blanchett, uh, Sarah Polson, Tracy Ullman, Uzo Adoba, like all of them were at the table. Margot Martindale and I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm assigned to the producers. I, I, I was so speechless during the table read. I almost didn't read my lines. That's how speechless <laughs> I was. I know. I can't even imagine. It's such an incredible cast. And, you know, yeah. Rose Byrne too. I'm so, uh, I guess, pleased that they picked her to play Gloria Steinem. Me too. She's a good, she's a great She Gloria is. Steinem. Every time I saw her on set, I just was, I couldn't stop saying, like, you look just like her. Yes. (laughs) And she's also someone I feel like over the past couple years, she's become such a versatile actress. I mean, I think she was even just on Broadway a couple months ago. I I think I saw in New York. Like, she's just doing everything. She did do a show. Yeah. I mean, she really does it all. So, like, what a refreshing role because I feel like she does a lot of comedy as well. So, it was just such. Like, everybody was really well-casted, for sure. (laughs) Well, Bria, thank you so much for coming on. And before you go, I do want to ask, because this is handling it, and, you know, everybody is (laughs) handling life in our own way, especially during these crazy times we're in. Um, You know, like you said, you just graduated a, a couple years ago, and this is your first big role. What's a piece of advice that's helped you during this past year? (laughs) <laughs> a piece of advice. That's so good. Wow, you just threw one at me. Um, a piece of advice. Um, okay. Well, my word for this year um, that Ooh. I'm always being challenged to live up to. Um, it's crazy when you you can speak over your life, so please be careful what you say. But <laughs> is my word for this year is audacity. And so I think mm-hmm. the piece of advice I would give is just to be more audacious, um, especially for things that are only going to grow you and um, help you become all of who you already are on the inside. So just be more bold and taking really huge risk on yourself because you can't sit around waiting for someone to take a risk on you if you won't even cash in on yourself. Mm -hmm. So just to be more audacious with, with great opportunities and with great things. And if it's stretching you and challenging you, then it's growing you. So being bold because also is being very bold. So the only way I think to get, to get, to get moved through this in in a healthy way, especially if you can, if you're not as affected by this Mm -hmm. so much, is to be bold, be bold back, do bold things, do things you haven't done before and watch 
the stretching and the growing, like mature you in ways you could have never thought possible. It's only for your good. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sure. That's beautiful advice. Yeah. Yeah, Lean on God, especially right now. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes. This is really testing my faith and growing my faith. Like only lean on him. Well, that's beautiful advice. I love that. Pick a word. I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> oh, yes. Pick a word for your year. I promise you, when you pick it, it's going to show up in your life. You're going to be like, oh, my God, that is the word I chose. Oh, <laughs> Lord, I got to do it because I said it, you know? Right. I love that. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Bria, for coming on. Yeah, for all the listeners out there, they should definitely be checking out Mrs. America that's on Hulu. (laughs) Yay, please. Great. Well, Bria, thank you so much. I can't wait to see what all you do in the future. I know this is just only the beginning. (laughs) And I look forward. I can't wait. One day I will be on the podcast again. Oh, definitely. We'd love to have you back. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed hearing from Bria. I loved getting to learn all about her experience working on Mrs. America and what it was like to play such a strong female character like Margaret Sloan. As I mentioned, one of the great things about this show is that you really do discover and learn about the incredible women of this movement. And just a reminder, Mrs. America is available to stream now on Hulu, so I highly recommend you check it out because it's not only entertaining, but really insightful and educational. Thank you guys again so much for listening and let me know what you thought of the episode. You can reach us on Instagram at Handling It Podcast and feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. I can't wait to see you next week with a brand new episode and second episode of our series, The Women in Film and Television. Until then, keep staying safe with everything going on in the world right now and keep handling it. I'll talk to you soon.